0: Some prisons have been closed due to COVID, and now they have opened back up. The inmates are really coming out to the meetings. Uh, prison and jail report, uh, October, uh, North East Correctional Institution, none saved. Uh, St. Clair Correctional Institution, nine saved. Red Onion uh, Supermax Correctional Institution in Virginia, uh, zero saved, and only ten men came out. Uh, East, Northeast Correctional Institution, Tennessee, zero saved. Uh, Bledsoe Correctional Institution, two saved. Uh, St. Clair St. Clara Correctional Institution in Alabama, seven saved. Uh, Carroll Montgomery Correctional Regional Center in Mississippi, two saved. Uh, St. Clair Correctional Institution in Alabama, five saved. uh, Bledsoe Correctional Institution in January, three SAID, and, uh, Live SAID Correctional Institution in South Carolina. First time we've been back in this prison since COVID, uh, good crowd, uh, no one saved. So, uh, he's got some, uh, testimonies of inmates on the back and, uh, Said, uh, this course builds my confidence and gives me assurance of salvation and also displays God's love for me. Uh, Another one said, this would have been a good course for me 50 years ago. Uh, Another one said, this course has shown me that I still have a long ways to go. Uh, This one said, Drugs and the Spirit said, wow, I'm a drug addict freed by Christ. And this information was simply overwhelming uh by faith, through faith those through these studies, I'm now convinced of a few things that I didn't believe before uh one can never lose their salvation and one can't do anything to keep their salvation uh, so uh, those are testimonies from uh, from the inmates all right, the only uh, uh announcements uh I do remember uh, uh brother David uh, Ritchie in the morning these uh, he's got a bunch of kidney stones, which they found that out the very first day he went into Jewish hospital, but he hadn't been, uh, hadn't been to a place where that they could uh, try to remove them. But they're going to do that in the morning, and uh, they're going to uh, remove those kidney stones, which would be a painful but a pretty much normal process for the average person. Uh, but in his case, it's uh, pretty risky because they have to put him to sleep and uh, so he's having trouble, uh, had trouble getting woke up when that's happened before, Uh, but uh, she just texted me right before I left and said that they were going to do the surgery and remove the kidney stones, and then they were taking him off of the vent uh, tomorrow, and she said, uh, ask for special prayer, Uh, so uh, do remember that. Remember Brother Danny uh, that uh, we found out about Sunday, we've been praying for the uh, process of uh, what's going, uh, what they're going to be doing with uh, him as far as treatment and uh, all those different things. So pray for him's wife in the nursing home. Uh, pray for her and uh, remember them in prayer. And uh, don't forget the uh, valid, uh, ladies' meeting tomorrow night at 5:30, uh, and uh, then. Uh, uh, that's why our crowd's down tonight. It's always down right before the ladies meeting. Y'all tell them tomorrow night I said that, okay? And, uh, and then Saturday night, we got the, uh, uh, the Valentine's banquet that we've been waiting for. And uh, they're working hard on that. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun time. And uh, so you just come out and enjoy the uh, food that they're uh, fixing. And then uh, the kids are going to do some uh, songs and different things for us. And uh, so it'll be good, and it'll encourage them if you'll come out. Uh, It'll encourage them. All right. All right. Let's go to uh, Ecclesiastes tonight. Uh, Brother Ronda was supposed to have surgery tomorrow, but they canceled it. And uh, so he's not having that surgery we was praying about, uh, at least not having it tomorrow. Uh, Ecclesiastes, and uh, just a few verses there at uh, at chapter 3, and then then we'll go right on into uh, chapter 4. Let me go ahead and read chapter 4. So I returned and considered all the oppression that are done under the sun, and behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter, and on the side of their oppressors there was power. But they had no comforter. Wherefore I praise the dead which are already dead more than the living which are yet alive. Yea better is he than both they which hath not yet been, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Again, I considered all travail and ever right work that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth up his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Then I returned and I saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone, and there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother, yet is there no end of all his labor, neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, For whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for the labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king, who will no more be admonished. For out of prison he cometh to reign, whereas he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. I considered all the living which walk under the sun with the second child that shall stand up in his stead. There is no end of all the people, even of all that have been before them. They also that come after shall not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and a vexation of the Spirit. Father, we just come tonight. We thank you, Lord, for being able to be here. Lord, the opportunity to come and then the desire to want to come and then the health to be able to come. We thank you, Lord, for all of that. Lord, we ask you to. Lord, to stretch your hand out toward all those that we've made mention of tonight in the prayer room. And uh, Lord, we know you can speak the word and things can change. But we know, Lord, you have a will for all of us and it's hard to pray sometimes. But Lord, you know how hard it is to pray because I'm sure it was harder for you to pray than any of us have ever known when you said, Father, not my will but thine be done, knowing what that meant. Now, Lord, we ask you tonight to continue to bless the church. Thank you for every little old building with a steeple on top tonight. It's got a light on in it. A few saints gathered in. Thank you for every one of them. Encourage them, bless them tonight, I pray. And, uh, Lord, we do ask you tonight uh, to bless the lesson. Give us uh, words to say. Uh, Lord, we know what we thought we'd say tonight, but you might lead us off course to say something. And maybe we hadn't even known yet that you want us to say, Bless the children up in the other building, and Lord we'll thank you for all these things we asked in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Verse 15 of chapter 3, uh we'll back up just a little bit. Uh we covered this, touched on it. Said, That which is hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth the past. And uh, so uh, the Lord is saying uh, what happened back there is going to happen again up here. And uh, you can go all through the Bible with that. You know, we look at things. I know our world's bad. I know that. But we can go all the way back uh, just a few chapters into Genesis. And they were dealing with uh, uh, the sexual sins Back then that we're dealing with now, the Lord destroyed us, Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, that wasn't the only sin He destroyed them for. Ezekiel tells you there were several things there, but that was one of the main sins that uh, He destroyed them for. And uh, you know, you don't get four chapters in the Bible. And uh, just like we have murders every day, you got somebody murdered a brother. Uh, four chapters into the Bible. Uh, you got cities in chapter 4, Uh, you got uh, apostasy in chapter uh, 6. Everything that's happening now has already happened back there. And the Bible said the Lord requires the past. And it said last week that because it's already happened back there, we ought to do better up here than what they did. You say, why? Because we read about when it happened back there. Uh, God requires the past. It would be like if you got married and you had a bad marriage. And uh, and it always takes two. It may be more on one side than it is the other side, but there's always two sides. But if you've been through a bad marriage, uh, you ought to do better on this next one if you have a next one. You say, why? Because you know what went wrong in the first one. Uh, God requires the past. Uh, you can uh, look at things along that line. I remember... Years ago, uh, down where we went to uh, Brotherhood Free Will Baptist Church, uh, I remember um, uh, Melvin, uh, Melvin Staples was an adult Sunday school teacher for years. And uh, I remember one time he came come to the pastor, and he said, you're going to have to get somebody else to teach a lesson this week. And he said, why? And he said, well, he said, uh, it's, on, uh, it's on adultery. It's on uh, being married. And he said, uh, I've been married twice. And the pastor very wisely said, well, you ought to be able to teach it better than anybody then. Because uh, you, know, you know what happened and you know things that maybe I don't know. Uh, so uh, God requires the past. Whatever it is in our life, uh, we ought to be able to do better with it this time than they did back there. Because also we got this. They didn't have this. And all this is from Genesis to Malachi is things that happened back there that the Lord says over here that they were written for our admonishment or to help us out Amen. on whom the ends of the world have come. And so, you know, if I look back there and I read what happened to Noah, that shouldn't happen to me. Noah got drunk and it didn't go good, and that shouldn't happen to me. Uh, if I read back there and you know it's Old Testament was just full of stuff like that. It's this the same stuff happens to us today. So that's why you need to read your Bible. Uh, because you read your Bible, things that happen now, has already happened to them back there. And if they handled it the right way, you see how it goes. If it didn't handle it the right way, you see how it goes. And that ought to be a help to you. So he said, God requires a past. All right, verse 16, he said, And moreover I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there and, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. So it's the same old thing again It's happening now, happened back there. Uh, somebody got off of something they shouldn't got off of. Uh, you go to the courtroom and, and uh people's got the power and the money. A lot of times it goes that way. In other words, you go there and that ought to be a place of justice. But you go there and it's a place of injustice. It's a place of iniquity. Uh, that's what he's saying there in that verse. Uh, he said, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there. There shouldn't be wickedness in a courtroom and a, a place where that you're trying to find out the truth. And uh, there shouldn't be, It's a place where you'd expect to find uh, truth, uh, but uh, don't always work that way. He said, I said in my heart concerning the estates of the sons of man that God manifest uh, them and that they might see that they themselves are beast. For that which befalleth the sons of man befalleth beast. Even one thing befalleth them. As one dies, so dieth the other. They, they have all one breast, so that man hath no preeminence above a beast. For all is vanity. And uh, so... He says here, uh, under the sun, he's looking at men, and he said, uh, he said what all you women have said. He said they're just beasts. beast. Uh, he said, uh, he said look at him. He said there's no difference between them uh, than there is a beast. He said the only difference is when the beast dies, its spirit goes down, and when a man dies, his spirit goes up. Uh, so Linda, if you're listening tonight, turn off your TV just for a minute. Your pet's not going to be in heaven. fee's not going to be up there. The Bible said their spirit went down and the spirit of man goes up. Now let me say this. Uh, let me say this, that even though your pet may not be there, there may be something up there that looks like it. You say, why you say that? Well, I kind of think that, that everything down here has a likeness up there. Uh, I know the Bible talks about uh, horses up there, but now they're not like horses out here in the field. The Bible calls them horses of fire uh, that, uh, in uh, Revelations. So I don't know about that. But there is some, uh, is some scripture to that, I think. Uh, look at Matthew eighteen and verse eight. We'll run through a couple places, and I mean the possibilities are. And uh, Matthew eighteen and verse eight. Uh, you've always heard that every person, you know, every kid's got a guardian angel. You see all these pictures: three kids going across the bridge, three angels over them. Matthew eighteen and uh, and verse eight. He said, wherefore, no, I see you. Verse 6, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he was drowned in the depths of the sea. That makes it bad for them abortion doctors. Look at verse 10. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels... Do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. Looks like it. there might be some kind of a likeness there. Uh, we have grounds for this also in the book of Hebrews. Look over in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, verse number, uh, I think it's uh, verse, uh, let's see. verse uh, 9 instead of 10, or chapter 9 instead of 10, verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things uh, themselves with better sacrifices than these. And so he says that the tabernacles, what he's talking about, these things were patterned after something that was in the heavens. And Uh, I know he's talking about the tabernacle there, uh, but it looks like uh, it looks like that things down here have a likeness up there. Trees down here. The Bible said there's the tree of life on either side of the river. Rivers down here. The Bible said there's a river of life proceedeth out of the throne of God. Walls and gates down here. The Bible said that Heaven has walls and gates. Uh, Streets down here, the Bible says heaven has streets. Uh, So a lot of things down here uh, are up there, which brings another interesting fact that not all people's going to be in heaven. We know that. What people's going to be in heaven? The saved or could we say the clean? Those that God is washed in the blood, made clean. Could that be why that over in Genesis 7 that God told Adam, He said, these animals are clean. These animals are unclean. These animals you can eat. These animals you can't eat. Uh, it could uh, have something to do with that. So that's kind of, a, I don't teach that as a doctrine. That's kind of theology. Uh, and, uh, and what that means is uh, that you teach things not as fact, but you teach them as something that might be, that might be that way. It's alright to preach in the pulpit and even to teach and say things that you think might be. That's what theologians are. They're theorizing things. And a, a theologian has theories, but that don't mean that the theories are fact. And the problem comes in is when theologians begin to teach things as fact instead of theory. And uh, that's why you got uh, Darwinism now. He actually didn't teach that as a fact. He taught it as a possible theory, something it might be. And the devil got a bunch of people and they grabbed it and run with it and got it in the school and teaching it as fact. Uh, so a lot of... Lot of uh, Theologians have a lot of wild out there theories that may be like what I just said. It might or it might not be, but you teach it as a theory, possibility, might be, but not as a fact. So he says men are like beasts. Men are like beasts. How are men like beasts? And you ladies want to jump in on that? Huh? Got an example? All right. Of course, when he talks about men, he's talking about all humanity, and he's saying that that men and women really both are like beasts. How are men like beasts? You ever saw you ever saw one beast kill another beast? Men are like beasts. I mean, uh, you ever saw one uh, one much? Uh, wilder, meaner beast jump on a smaller animal just tear it to shreds and kill it wouldn't that be like a, a strong man taking a young seven, eight year old girl and uh, and and treating her and killing her and everything men are like beasts they kill each other you know uh, all night long I don't know what was going on uh but Sunday night, when we got home, uh, the old cow over in the field uh, it bawled all night long. I guess it, I guess it lost a calf or something was wrong for sure because it was trying to get somebody's attention. It was all night, all the next day. Uh, well, people do that, don't they? When they lose, when they lose a child, that's what they do. Uh, men are like beasts. Uh, some beasts are wild, ain't they? Can't do nothing with them. They're just wild. Some people are like that. They're just wild men. Like that man of Gadara. uh, Like that. Uh, When a beast stops breathing, it dies. When a man stops breathing, he dies. When they die, we take a beast and used to you'd call a dead wagon. They'd come around. I don't know if they still got that or not. Don't have it no more. Right, they'd come around, pick it up, and I guess take it, dump or something, throw it off, and uh, burn it or bury it. And same way with a man, uh, when, a, when a person dies, uh, they either burn them or bury them in these days that we're living in. And uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. But there's just a lot of ways there you could go on and on and on with about how that men are like beasts. But there is a difference. And he even in this verse, even looking under the sun, he he recognizes, and that has to be uh, that has to be divine intervention or divine uh, divine truth. You say why? Because when somebody dies, we can't see their spiritly. We can't tell anything about it. We know it does, but that has to be something that God let him know, because he said when a beast dies, their spirit goes down. When a man dies, their spirit goes up. He elaborates that uh, more in chapter 12, verse 7. He said, when a man dies, said the dust or the body returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns unto God who gave it. Uh, so he expounds upon that uh, a little bit more. And then uh, men are like beasts. Beasts are territorial. And they're always trying to get more. And that's the way people are. That's why I think Steve was on that Sunday. That's why we have wars. And and uh, it's because of lust. Men are not satisfied with having uh, this country. They want the other country too. Uh, and uh, it's a beast like that. And I believe, uh, and uh, until we went into Revelations this last time, I, I never thought this, but Uh, picked up on it going through Revelations in uh, chapter 6. You got them four horse riders and in the eighth verse he said Behold I looked at a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell and he followed with him and the fourth power was given unto him or them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword with hunger, with death and with the beast of the earth. Now That may not necessarily mean grizzly, bears, and tigers. Because when we, when we run the reference over to chapter 13, he said, I saw a beast coming up out of the earth. And that beast, of course, is the Antichrist, false prophet, all them. Uh, so uh, men that go in and, and uh, like uh, these leaders, and they just go in and kill everybody, for no reason at all to start bombing, killing people—that's uh, beast-like. That's beast-like. And uh, so, under the sun, uh, Solomon looked at men and he said, uh, uh, "Men are like beasts." But he said, "I'll go to one place, and all are of the dust, and I'll turn to dust again." Well, that's true. When uh, when an animal dies, he goes back to the dust. When a man dies, uh, he goes back to the dust. Verse 22, wherefore I perceive there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion, for who shall bring him to see what shall be after him. All right? Uh, Solomon kind of develops what we would call an eat, drink, and be merry type theology. In other words, he said, this is it. You work, you labor, you die, you go back to dust. So, best thing to do is just eat, drink, and be merry. And uh, about half the world or more, they've uh, they've agreed with that philosophy by the way they're living and what they do. Uh, and uh, there's people like that in Luke uh, 12. You have a parable that illustrates somebody like that, verse 16. And he spoke a parable unto them, saying, "The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful." And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Here it is. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry under the sun. One more verse above the sun. But he said, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Uh, so there's more to it than just uh, eat, drink, and uh, and to be merry down here. Uh, so that's kind of what I call like a uh, a mole type theology. You say, What do you mean? Well, with a mole, everything's dark, you know. Ain't no light about it. He don't, he don't come out into the light. If he does, he dies. Uh, people get like that. They And you don't want to do that. You don't want to develop a, a mole-like theology where that everything's dark, ain't nothing good. That's what Solomon's saying. Uh, he's saying, you know, ain't nothing good. And, and man ain't no better than an animal. Uh, well, you don't want to do that. You want to keep uh, looking above the sun you want to remember that when a man dies only part of him goes to the grave there's another part that leaves out of him the bible said uh Lazarus died and the rich ma- and Lazarus died and the angels came they got him they took him to Abraham's bosom even in your old testament you have when certain people die it, say, it would say and they were gathered under their fathers uh so uh it's like uh, I believe it's Second Samuel fourteen fourteen or First Samuel fourteen fourteen. He said, "Our life is like water that's spilt upon the ground that cannot be gathered up again, but God has devised means whereby their banquets be not expelled." In other words, God's made a way where that even though we die and we leave each other down here, God's made a way we can be together again up there, and uh, means whereby we be not expelled. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He said, So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold, the tears of such that were oppressed, and they had no comforter on the side of their oppressor, and there was power, uh, but they had no comforter. All right, that's half the world. That's uh, China, India, Algeria, Egypt, Sudan, Ethiopia, Kenya, Iran, Afghanistan, and forty other countries. Uh, I mentioned here lately about a map in my office that's got all those countries. Uh, some of them are are dark brown, and that and across them it says restricted. What that means is is God is not allowed in there. Missionaries are not allowed in there. Preachers are not allowed in there. And the other ones are colored in green. And they say hostile, that means the key uh, for being a Christian. Uh, at the bottom of that thing, it's got a house on fire. It's got a man looking through a prison bar. And it's got a woman holding a baby, I think, weeping. And, uh, and that's the way they are in them countries. They're either burning up what they've got. They either locked them up or they're sitting there scared to death. They're going to come in and kill them. Uh, you ought to be having a good day today. Uh, that's every day for them and you see he said so I returned and considered all the oppression do you ever consider all the oppression under the sun all them places where that uh, I met Steve today and I bet money he was in his truck I bet money he was going to Betty Milders Cowboys. cowboys okay. that was my second guess You ever, you ever, I'm sure you do, because the Bible said we're, we're kind of all alike. We all say, think the same things. If we're reading the same book, we're saved, got the same spirit. We've got to be led in the same way a lot of the time. And uh, I'm sure you've been into a hamburger just, just for a brief moment. You thought about people that couldn't just go out and get one. They couldn't just leave after Wednesday night service and run by uh, a place to eat and get what they wanted. Uh, complain about what they got, go ahead and eat it anyway. Try to get out of paying the bill. And go home, you know. Uh, you can't do that. And uh, I always uh, tell people, if you're if you're going to complain and you're not going to leave a tip, don't put a track from our church on their plates. Uh, uh, because there's places where people never ever get to do that. You and I have done three times a day what some people have never got to do one day. One day. Something to think about. And the reason we need to think about it is because one, it makes us pray for them. Two, it makes us thankful for what we got. So so I return, considered all the oppression that are done under the sun. Behold the tears. You ever think about all the tears? Just today. All the tears. Well, you take them. What would you all say the count was up to now on that earthquake? Twelve thousand. Can you imagine the tears uh, as they walk around there and the tears and under that rubble? Uh, the tears as they drag out uh, their uh, family. Uh, consider all the tears. The Bible said in Revelations uh, 21 verse 4 that God was going to wipe away all the tears. I read that one day, and I thought God must have a handkerchief as big as bedsheets because there's a lot of tears out there. And uh, even in a, you don't have to be in a country like that to have tears. I just go around the hospital, nursing home. you see plenty of them, funeral home. Uh, somebody might be smiling on Sunday morning you thinks great. You don't know how they weep at night. Sometimes cry themselves asleep, because a wayward child or a husband's gone, a wife that's left. Uh, you know, a lot of oppression under the sun. And he said, uh, they have no comforter. You know, here, if a storm comes, his help comes in. You got, uh, you know, when that, when that uh, hurricane or whatever it was hit up there a couple of years ago about Christmas, over there close to where Caleb was from, Mayfield. I mean, it wasn't no time. There was people in there helping, setting up things, tents, food, putting back houses. They had a comforter. There's a lot of places where they don't have no comforter. And, And those things happen. And he said, I looked at that. And he said, and there was power. In other words, he means there was power to oppress the people like uh, China. There's power. And they have the power to oppress the people. And there's not much the people can do about it. They try to write and stuff, but you usually wind up putting them in prison or killing them. And uh, so Solomon's looking around at all that. And of course, when you do look around at all that, and you think about all that, and uh, only under the sun, you're only seeing that under the sun You come up with what he said in verse 2. Wherefore I praise the dead, which are already dead, more than the living, which are yet alive. And uh, so you and I say that. uh, Somebody dies, and we say, Well, they're better off. They're better off. They got theirs done. They don't have to go through what we got to go through. And that's true. Uh, That's true. Actually, the Bible says, uh, under our best situation, if. If we was in perfect health and we had a, a, a nice home, we had money in the bank and CDs and, and just had everything, we'd still be better off in heaven. The Bible says it's far better. And we say that and we believe that, but we do everything we can to keep to having to the go there. That's just kind of human nature, ain't it? It's just something in us that we ain't been there and we've been here, so... Uh, we don't like here, but uh, what was that song he wrote about the time that I was in school? Uh, oh, what was that song? Uh, the, the earth is a sad place, a bad place, a terrible place to live. Oh, but I don't want to die. That's about the way of it, ain't it? Um, y'all thought I didn't know any songs like that, didn't? But it's true. Uh, it's terrible, really terrible, terrible in a lot of ways. But man, we do everything we can to hold on a little bit longer, don't we? Uh, but if we, I think when we get there, we're going to say, man, why didn't I turn loose before? Uh, why, didn't, why didn't I just go ahead and go? Uh, but we look at it and we say, well, they're better off than we are. We praise them, but more than us because they're they're gone, we're dead. I remember my stepfather died. Of course, he died before Mama did. And about four or five months after that, we sitting at the table one day drinking coffee, and she said, you know, uh, Ricky, she said, when Junior died, she said, I thought uh, I was the one that got blessed because I got left behind. But she said, now I realize he's the one that got blessed because he got to go on. And... uh, that's true above the sun, but we have a hard time seeing it under sun. Oh, I can see it for you, but you know, not for me. And uh, that's just the way it is. Does that mean we don't have faith? No. Does that mean we're not saved? No. That just means we're human, and we ain't never been there before. And I'm sure if we ever get there, we'll never say that again. Amen. But right now, we've still got a uh, still got a half and half. You know, we got half saved. And Half still a nature. All right, verse three. Solomon goes even further than that. He say, "Yea, better is he than both they which had not been, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun." So now he's not just saying the dead are better than us. Now he's saying the people that never was born is either better is better than both of them. It's what he's saying. Uh, and people get in the shape, you know. They say stuff like that uh job uh, job said something like that in job chapter three, verse one, all through verse sixteen. You remember job when he all that come on him job said uh, Why was I born, and uh, why didn't I die at birth, and all that well job is saying the same thing uh there, and he's saying if you uh they're better off if you're never born. if you're never born, then you don't never see all the evil that we see uh, if you're never born, you don't have to die. Uh, but if, you're, uh, never, if they're never born, you don't have to worry if they're ever going to get saved or not. I mean, if they're never born. But at the same time, above the sun, above the sun, uh, the Bible says in Romans 8, and verse 18, even though there's a lot of suffering down here in this world, Romans eight verse eighteen said, "I reckon that the suffering of this present world will not be worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed." And uh, there's some things if we've never born, we'd we would never know, and some of them we never want to know. But there's some things because we were born, we did live. There's some things we've learned that we're glad we learned it, uh, like love, uh, laughter, happiness. Uh, some of those things were glad. So when you look at it above the sun, got a note here in Ecclesiastes 6, verse 3 and 4. Let me see what my thinking was there. Oh yeah, verse 3. If a man but get a hundred children, that's a lot of children, and live many years so that the days of his years be many and his soul be not filled with good and also that he hath no burial... I say that an untimely birth is better than he. In other words, die at birth. And Solomon is uh, he's looking at things uh, under the sun. Yeah. His soul be not filled with good, and also that he hath no burial. I say that an untimely birth is better than he. For he cometh in with vanity and departeth in darkness And his name should be covered with darkness. Well, if we get saved, we come in in darkness, but we leave out in light. You say, how do you know that? Well, if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another. But then the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can't have a shadow without a light. And uh, so we're not going through a dark valley, we're going through a valley with light. And we're not stopping in the valley, yea, though I go through the valley. We're coming out in a place that's got so much light, there's no need of the sun or the moon there. Uh, although they'll be there, there's no need of them because uh, Christ is there and uh, and the saints are there. And uh, so there'll be enough light there. All right. All uh, right. Verse 4, again, I consider to alter veil and every right work, that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. And uh, that's an old thing, you know, that uh, doesn't matter what you do, uh, you're going to have some problems. Uh, that's back in verse 3. Uh, he talks about that. And it is true that you're going to have problems in this world. But don't forget this if you don't know the Lord and you don't live for God, you're going to have a whole lot more trouble. Because the Bible doesn't say that the way of the saved person walking, living for God is hard. The Bible said the way of the transgressor is hard. So even though you and I have a hard life, we don't have it as hard as somebody that's not going to live for God. They're gonna have it even harder uh, than what we have it. I had a card, Brother Walt Ziegler. I wouldn't have took. I I promise you, I wouldn't have took a thousand dollars for that card. I had two of them. Brother Ziegler wrote me, and uh, and I'd oftentimes use them preaching. I'd take them with me to illustrate a point or something. And I was going to use them one Sunday night here at our church. And I remember getting them out, sitting at the table before coming to church and everything. And I don't know what I did. I was throwing some stuff away and I don't know if I throwed them away or or what. I've looked and looked and looked for the last four years and haven't never seen them but they were precious to me. Uh, but Brother Walt, one of those cards, I, I can't remember how to all say it all said. I wish I could. But he sent me a card and he said, uh, Dearest Brother Rick, I hope you're well. And uh, he had just been here and uh, my son Scott he noticed his tires were slick on his old uh, Lincoln Continental car, and he put four new tires on it. and uh, And he said, uh, "I appreciate the four tires that uh, Brother Scott put on my car," but he said, uh, "I run over something and busted one of them." And he said, uh, "He said I got home, my sister found out she's diagnosed with lung cancer. Don't have long to live." But out from it he had in parentheses saved, saved, and then he said, uh, The Lord blessed me to be able to buy groceries for two widows that lived down the road, and he said, I took the groceries down there to them, and he said, When I got back home that night, somebody broke into my house and stole all my money and a lot of what few things I had and he said uh, uh, he said, that's just all the Fury of the devil against somebody trying to live for God, or something to that effect. Uh, but he went on and on, and he said, "Such are the ways." I think he said, "Such are the ways of a country preacher trying to live for God." And he had a list that long; I just can't remember all of them. But he was looking at things on the good side, and uh, and that that was a blessing. Uh, i uh, we went over to Cracker Barrel after he preached that Sunday night. And they had one of these old uh, birds over there. They still got them. I seen them. And whatever you say, they say it. Like a, what do you call them? a. No, it's a, they it called it a talking toucan or something like that. But I lost Brother Ziggler. We eat and I, I was paying for the meal and I lost him. And I couldn't find him. Now, once I heard somebody way over in the corner and he said, glory to God. That old bird said, glory to God he thought that was something. So I bought it that week and mailed it to him. And uh, he had something in there about about that bird. Boy, well, it's going to be good to see people like that again. I miss them. I look forward to seeing them again. I believe it will, don't you? If it wasn't going to, I wouldn't even want to be here. I wouldn't be here tonight for sure. I wouldn't be... Down praying off and on every day. If I didn't believe it, it's something else over there. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we got five minutes. Um, what do you say here? Uh, verse 4 I, Again, I considered all travail and every right work, and for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also a uh, vexation of spirit. Other person, job always looks easier. You say that? That Caleb Callan, the man that's got it made, you probably want to last half a day over. Can you imagine, uh, excuse me ladies, can you imagine fixing a bunch of women's hair? You know it ain't going to be perfect. (laughs) You know they ain't going to like it. Uh, But every job's got its thing. Of course, people say, Brother Rick, you got it made. You just work one day a week. I said, well, three Wednesday night, too. But the other person's job always looks easier. It's like the grass always looks greener over on the other side. And sometimes people don't like you, not because of you. They don't like you because God's blessed you and you're successful. And if you ever don't want to be liked by people, Just get successful. They don't mind it as long as you're struggling and you ain't got nothing. They don't mind that. But just start moving up the scale a little bit. And they ain't going to like you. You find that a lot in the ministry. People won't like people that God's blessing and using a lot. And they'll say, well, they don't use the King James Bible. They may do it. They say, well, they don't do it like we do it they may do it. I mean, they may not do it exactly like, but it might be the same old stuff. And I read something, if I can remember how it was. It says, people say, I don't like them because I know them. But in reality, the truth is, a lot of times we don't like them because we don't know them. If we knew how some people had, had to live growing up. What they didn't have that other people had. How they was beat or molested or treated wrongly growing up. If we knew all that was in their past, we might say, man, I love them. I see why they're like they are. I, I know why they're that way. And and I just love them because they've been all through that. And they, They go to church, they love God, they serve God, and I just love them. I think that's a great statement. And I can't remember who said it or where I read it at, but I read it a month or so ago. And he said people don't like people not because they know them, but because they don't know them 90% of the time. Haven't you met people right here in the church and you didn't like them? Don't answer that. But the more you got to know them they're your favorite people now they're your favorite people i tell you this from a pastor's standpoint a lot of times people come through that door that I thought was going to be a problem really and i would be honest with you in my human heart I, I just wish they'd go somewhere else those people after you get to know them they're some of the best people in the church. God uses them to bless you more than anybody else in the whole church, a lot of times. A lot of times, what you think the devil's sending as a problem, God's sending as a blessing. Amen. Now, back years ago, oh, 40 years ago, I didn't want nobody to come here who had problems. I had enough problems. I want people to come here that's got it all together. I don't want no high-maintenance church members. Church started dying off. And one day, I to the Lord, Lord, we ain't got many. He said, well, everybody send over. You don't want them. You run them off. He said, I'm sending people over that need help because I want you and your church to help them. You start helping people, I'll start sending more over there. And I listened and perceived and received instruction. And I got to watching that thing. And I've been to a lot of churches, a lot of places. And the churches where I found the most of God at was the churches that had the most people in it that other churches wouldn't even want to come through the door. We first started going to Pleasant Grove our Pleasant Missionary Baptist Church, the people that was waiting on you and serving on you at the table was street people. You could tell by looking at them. They was crippled, retarded. They had all kinds of things going on. And you never been to a place on this earth that had more God in it than that place did. Amen. The you say, why? Because God, God wants to get people where they can get help. And if you want not help them, Lord keep sending them somewhere to where they do help. Them. This is true, and I'm done with this. But we back used to we'd run three bus loads of children on the Wednesdays and Sundays. We'd we'd have that van full three times. Bus drivers wouldn't get home till about eleven o'clock at night. We was running twenty mile out in the country getting people. But you know who we was getting. We was getting them places in town that the other church buses wouldn't even run through there. They didn't want them. And You've seen a young man stand up here. What was it about Christmas? You've seen a young man that rode the church bus and stood up here. And every time he comes back to Glasgow, he's in the was it Marines, Army. Army. Every time he comes back to Glasgow, he heads right to this church. Yeah. And he remembers that bus picking him up because when he was here a year before last, uh, we didn't have anybody run the bus that day or something. And he said, Brother Rick, I'm only going to be here a day or so, but I'll run the bus for you if you need me to. And I'll never forget, as long as I live, the first day he come to this church. And... uh on a Sunday night, we'd bring kids on Sunday night. And he'd come in the door back there where David is, and he'd come up to me, and he said, Preacher, I want to sing a song tonight. I want to sing a song tonight. I said, what song you want to sing? He said, I don't know. I said, there's a songbook in there. He went in there and got a songbook, and he'd come back after a little while. He said, this one right here. Amazing Grace. I said, we can do that. We started out service, and man, it got on big time. And uh, people got to come to the altar and carrying on and shouting and everything. And I looked back there and there he sat back there, Francisco, little old boy. Tears running down his face and I remembered what he said. I said, hey Francisco, come up here a minute. He'd come up here a the little Hispanic boy and he'd come up here and I gave him a songbook, and I got one. I said, we're going to sing this song. I said, Francisco wants to sing this song. We started singing Amazing Grace and I'm looking out there and everybody's crying, bawling, thinking, What what's going on? And I look down, and he's got that song book and the tears are running off both sides of his face. Boy I long for services like that when God shows up and does the work, but you know why the Lord did that? Because we took we took that little boy in and and these three or four families like that—they don't come here no more. But they're around Glasgow. If I go in a place and they see me, they'll come running around the counter and hug me. And they remember these bus drivers and uh, people like that. And uh, that's why—that's why we're here. Help some folks like that. The Lord likes it when you help somebody. God will help you. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for the service. It's been good. And uh, Lord, we just ask tonight, Lord, I thank you for the memory of little old Francisco. He's, I think he's uh, way off from here now, but I pray for him and his wife, baby. And I pray they might be well. I hope he lays there some nights, Lord, and thinks about uh, times we had right here at this church. A lot them other kids. God, send us some more. We're thankful for what we got. But, Lord, help us to find some more people like that to help. And, uh, Lord, to teach them, train them in the things of God. And I know if we'll do that, Lord, one day when it's all over, you'll say, y'all done good and appreciate you helping my people. And, uh, Lord, we need help. And if we help somebody else, somebody help us someday. Now, Lord, just uh, take us on through the week, be with your people From now to Sunday morning, bring people back next appointed time. Bring new people in. Help folks not just visit, but help them just settle down and stay here if it's where you want them. Save people. Continue to save them. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' name. We're glad that we know life above the sun. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Anybody have a testimony, word tonight before we dismiss? Anything? Let's stand. Yes, Wendy. Amen. You are special. All right. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Probably yeah sure big one amen right, right, true. Yeah, that's it. That's usually it. Do you want to say something, Brother Bill? Anybody else? All right. The offering plates are front and back. They go to support the missionaries. We took on two new ones. And uh, so what you give helps us do that. And you all give good. Thank you for your good giving. It helps us to uh, be able to support about 20, 20 works, not counting the ones. We sent $500 this week to Crossroads uh, Pregnancy Center and uh, we always send them something every year, and uh, so we do a lot of mission work outside of the 20 that we do monthly, Uh, but we're able to do that because of your giving. Thank you. All right, if all hearts are clear, we're going to ask the blessing on the offering tonight for the same.